TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And we do welcome you to the Two Guys in a Mic show here on the TalkZone.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful, beautiful Thursday here in the fine city of Chicago. I say beautiful even though we are under a torrential downpour that started about uh, 1 o'clock last night and I don't think has uh, let up yet. So if you're a sump pump operator, a sump pump technician this morning in the city of Chicago, you're probably making a few extra bucks. You're making some house calls and doing a pretty good job. But uh, we fight through the wet, we fight through the dampness, and uh, bring you what we hope will be one hour of uh, quality sports talk here. Of course, as per always, and the two guys in a mic show will jump off the sports page early and often. Our phone number if you want to jump in. And uh, right now I'm flying solo. Hopefully our co-host Joel Radwanski, who is out and about. He is not homebound today. I don't know what the prison release program is, David. I don't know what the... Uh, restrictions are, but apparently uh, he's got the bracelet off today, and Joel, is, uh, he told me he was going downtown, so it must be maybe he gets like one day off out of every seven. <laughs> maybe he's filming the TV pilot of the week? Nope, I don't think he's doing that. I think it's uh, of a different nature, but he is uh, out and about, so if you are listening to this program anywhere in the city of Chicago, be afraid, be very afraid. This is Joel's one day out of the house, but he did promise he would try to call in, and uh, so hopefully co-host Big Dog will make an appearance, but uh, a lot of open phone lines today, so if you're a, a regular listener and you've been thinking about calling in, you're a little bit afraid, now's the time, today's a good day to do it. If you're a first-time listener, just check it out, the program. We are very user-friendly here. Dial it up. We're not going to make you wait 45 minutes. We'll get you right on, and again, the phone number, 888 You can always email us at Mike. Two guys, that's MIC and the number two, Mike. Two guys at AOL.com. Lots to talk about in sports hockey. Last night, the uh, underdog teams came through with another victory. Philadelphia Flyers knocked off Boston. The Montreal Canadian, in their second consecutive game seven, shocked the world. Well, they didn't really shock the world. I don't know if the people in South America or the Middle East were shocked about it, but they shocked the Pittsburgh Penguin fans anyways. And won game seven, five to two at Pittsburgh, final game ever. Final game ever. I forget what they call that play. What is it? The, the Malin Arena? They have a nickname for it. Any of our Pittsburgh listeners out there, hockey fans, help me out. I know there's a nickname for the place. But 49 years they've played in that uh, particular ice rink, in that stadium, and they closed it down. And obviously the Penguins wanted to uh, close it down and continue playing. But yesterday was the final game because Montreal eliminated Pittsburgh 5-2. to two. Big win. Big win for the Canadian. That's their second consecutive Game 7 victory. Montreal at number 8 seed barely made the playoffs. They barely even got in. They were barely a blip on the radar screen, and here we go. And as I'm looking up in the uh, TV screen right now, David Olson, the headline from ESPN, Montreal Riots. So apparently, uh, Lake Canadian fans got a little bit carried away last night. We do not recommend that. Hate that when sports fans turn what should be a joyous moment. And again, obviously it's not 80% of the fans, it's not 70%. Usually it's 
5%, maybe it's 2% of the fans that get way too carried away via an alcohol beverage or another illegal commodity and uh, destroy the celebration and go overboard. Apparently that's what happened a little bit in Montreal. Again, not the majority of people, a small, small minority, but sometimes that minority can affect a majority, if that makes any sense at all. Yes, David? Just to clarify, it was Mellon Arena that was the last match in, and they call it the Igloo. The Igloo. The Igloo. Okay. Mellon Arena. Mellon Arena, Interesting. yes. Interesting. Named after John Mellon Camp? Uh, possibly. It was former, formerly the Civic Auditorium and Civic Arena. Ah, so. okay. So that would indicate maybe Mellon is like a company. Probably. Interesting. Not aware of the Mellon Company. All right, but it was known as the Igloo. So 49 years. 49 years playing at the Glue. That's what the inner inside hockey people like me, we just take out the eye, we call it the glue. 49 years, we close it down in defeat. Pittsburgh fans, by the way, very classy. Very classy. The final minute when it became uh, apparent that their team was going to lose, the majority of the fans, even in their depression about the Penguins losing, were up giving a standing ovation, I think more so for the Pittsburgh team and for the closing of the arena, maybe a little bit for the uh, performance of the underdog Montreal Canadiens. Their goalie, by the way, wow. Guy's unbelievable. And he did the same thing in Game 7 when they beat the Washington Capitals. Knocked off uh, Alexander Ovechkin and company. Yesterday was Sidney Crosby and uh, Yevgeny Melkin and the Pittsburgh Penguin offense that got shut down. Jaroslaw, Halleck, Halleck. I mean, this guy was unbelievable. It was it was not the Pittsburgh de- or the uh, Montreal defense being that great. I mean, the third period and the better half of the second period was like target shooting for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They were just firing at will, but they couldn't get it past this guy. And again, I'm not a hockey expert. I don't know how difficult it is to lift the puck. Okay, I've been watching enough games now after watching like maybe two regular season games. I've been entrenched into the NHL playoffs. I have become, in the last two weeks, an incredible hockey expert. If I don't have to say so myself. 888-463-6748. You can play hockey expert also here on the Two Guys in a Mike show. But I'm watching most of the shots, not just last night, as they were pepper. Jaroslav uh, Halik, Halik, whatever the heck the guy's name is, Montreal Canadian goalie. Phenomenal in Game 7. He was phenomenal in Game 7 under pressure against the Washington Caps when they won that game. So I don't know how hard it is to lift, it, lift the puck, but um, the upper corners, what do they call that? The three-hole and the four-hole? Right? The five-hole is through the crotch, through the legs. I think I got that right. As the hockey expert here on the two guys in a mic show, I should know that. But for lack of a more professional term, let's just call it upper left and upper right. There were many, many times that they could just lift the puck. Upper right corner, upper left corner, shot in the goal. Score would have been 7-5, to five, and I've seen that in other playoff games too. So any of our hockey fans out there, is it that hard to lift the puck? Am I being overly uh, banal? Overly sophomoric by saying that if Players could just lift it a little more upper left, upper right. I know the glove hand can make the save sometimes. You'd have a lot more goals. Most of the same, a lot of times the goalies can't even see the puck. But the puck hits them in the, in the pad or, you know, when the shot is low, their stick is down. You got the big pad sticking out. So, um, again, ridiculously sophomoric observation, but I will make it because at times I'm ridiculous and I'm proud to say I'm sophomoric. Of my four years in high school, my sophomore year was the best of four. None of them were particularly good, by the way, but uh, if I had to pick the best, it would be sophomore year. Thank you. So I've always been uh, 
and a certain attrition towards sophomoric. At any rate, Montreal Canadiens, they were not sophomoric last night. They were outstanding. They advanced to the Final Four, one of the real surprise stories. And who are they going to play? That's the next thing. Who are they going to play? Philadelphia Flyers, Boston Bruin. The Bruin took a 3-0 lead. And my partner, Joe, will be the first to tell you that, uh, and he's correct, that it wasn't like they were blowing out Philadelphia. But they won the first three games, close games, hard fought, but they're up 3-0, looked like Philadelphia was going to collapse. Then Philadelphia won you what you thought at Philadelphia was the token win. Thank you very much. Now we're going to go back to Boston, take your lashings, and go home, very similar to our Chicago Bulls when they beat uh, the Cleveland at home and got at least a little bit of optimism before getting spanked at home by the Cavalier. But no, Boston uh, hosted Game 5. Philadelphia came back, beat them there. Three to two, all of a sudden the Bruins starting to worry. Last night in Philadelphia, the Flyers win a hard fought game, two to one. It was two to nothing for the majority of the game. Boston scores with a minute, uh, to go. A little bit too little, a little bit too late. Philadelphia wins two to one back to Boston for game seven. Great series. Winner takes on the Cinderella Canadian. Of course, on the other side of the coin, you got the Blackhawk taking on San Jose. So we got lots of hockey action heating up. The NHL playoffs have been uh, very good. Lots of drama, lots of individual stars, great upsets, big goals, great goaltending as we always see. You want to talk uh, hockey, we are always right here for you. 888-463-6748. Now that I know where the Versus channel is on my TV, I even got to memorize it. Last night I did not have to flip around the channels. I was so proud of myself. Boom! 174, baby Versus channel, right there. Right there. By the way, have you ever hit the 700s on the uh, Comcast? If you're a Comcast customer in the Chicago area, they got like all the music channels. It's not bad. Not bad. Much better than radio. And I hope I'm not insulting some of our radio shows here on the talkzone.com. We're over the internet. I don't know if you officially call us radio or not, but you play some of those TV channels, uh, quality music, no commercials. It's a good combo. Yeah, DirecTV used to do that, too. Well, they still do it, uh, but they would do satellite radio. Mm-hmm. But I think the companies found out they could do it themselves and not have to pay anybody. But, yeah, it's it's real nice, especially if you've got your uh, TV hooked up through your home theater. Mm-hmm. You know, there's your background music right there. So. Yeah, yeah. I played the uh, Pure Country Station a couple days ago while uh, cooking up some dinner. I don't know if you call boiling tortellini cooking up some dinner, but it's about as close as I get when the wife is out. But I uh, got to you know, remember some of the good old pure country music. It's outstanding. Little Lee Greenwood, little Kenny Rogers, little Barbara Mandrell, little John Denver. It was outstanding. My kids hated it, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. All right. But I know now the Versus Channel is 174 on the Comcast. Now that I'm the hockey expert here on the show, I have to know where the Versus Channel is. That's where a lot of the games are. All right, 888-463-6748. Dial it up. You want to talk some hockey? We are also here for you for the NBA playoffs. Big game tonight. Baseball action yesterday. No real dramatic games. Our uh, Chicago area teams, we on this particular show, seem to have a vent for our Chicago teams because our show is based out of here. But, of course, if you're a baseball fan listening in any city, we're more than uh, happy to talk about your particular travails or your celebrations Actually, we don't want to hear about the good stuff because we're suffering so much right now. It would almost be painful to talk about another team playing well. But if you want to give us some pain, you can do that and dial it up. 888-463-6748. White Sox lose to Minnesota yesterday. A 3-2 to two big game because the Sox were down eight games going into that mini-series with the Twins. They won game one, and that was a big game yesterday. No doubt about it. From a psychological standpoint, 
and from a statistical standpoint. White Sox could have, uh, I think, cut the gap to six games. But psychologically, even though it was a mini two-game series, you bring out the broom, you dust off the twins, you give your team a badly needed shot of confidence. And, uh, boy, John Danks, their starting pitcher, he gave them the performance. They wanted seven innings strong, as he has done almost all season long. The guy is solid, if not spectacular. Very consistent. He really, for the White Sox fans out there, John Danks is turning into Mark Burley. Right now, he's a better Mark Burley than Mark Burley is. And when I say that, the if you look under Mark Burley in your baseball dictionary, it's workhorse, it's consistent, it's occasionally spectacular, but he's going to give you a good outing each and every game. That's what Mark Burley hopefully still is, but the very least was. And John Danks is turning into that kind of pitcher. He did the job yesterday. The hitters did not. Carl Pavano. Carl Pavano, who I think now is like 53 years old. Maybe he just looks that old because he keeps dating Hollywood starlets. But Carl Pavano shut him down. Denard Spann. That guy's been red hot for the Minnesota Twins. Denard Spann. Couple of big hits for them. Minnesota knocks off the White Sox. Three to two Sox actually scored. Two runs in the first inning. Things are looking good. Again, mini-series that won the uh, Tuesday game. So you think if they can pull out a win last night, hey, confidence is up. They cut the gap with the Twins. Long way to go. Season is still young. Things looking up, but the White Sox lose. It was a big game. Big game, psychologically and in the standings. Of course, that's a two-game turnaround. On the other side of town, the Cubs broke a four-game losing stroke. Losing stroke? Losing streak. Couple of those games almost caused strokes, particularly to their manager Lou Piniella, who, if he's not frail of health by the end of this season, he will be. But the four-game losing streak is over. They had lost seven out of eight. Badly needed victory. They beat Florida four to three. And everything we've said about John Danks for the White Sox could be said about the Carlos Silva for the Cubs. He's been solid. The guy they traded for Milton Bradley. There were jokes made about him. He's had a couple of bad years. The weight. Everybody was kind of making fun of him, but Carlos Silva's been very consistent. Pleasant surprise. In a season with very few pleasant surprises, Carlos Silva's been there. He's 4-0 now for the Cup. Carlos Marmol comes in and gets the save. Big strikeout, dramatic moment. Couple of runners on base. 4-3 to three ball game. Things have gone rough for the Cubs all year long. You're almost, as a Cub fan, expecting the worst when you're watching. I almost, uh, at that point, I almost went over to 174, the Versus Channel. And I think they had a replay of like a 1963 uh, Boston Bruin New York Ranger game. I couldn't watch. Couldn't watch, but Carlos Marmont, get it done. Swing and a miss, Hanley Ramirez. One of the best hitters in baseball. Carlos, get it done. Gave up a couple of hits, gave up a walk, gave Uncle Lou almost a mini stroke, but he got the job done. Carlos Marmont, the human heartache. But he strikes out uh, Hanley Ramirez, win the ball game for the Cubs. Their young rookie, Starlin Castro, couple of big hits for him, nicely done. And I guess they moved Starlin up in the batting order. So he was batting second up yesterday, but that was only because Therio, I think, was out with an injury. So that's not going to be the regular spot. I think Lou Pineda playing that right and putting the 20-year-old uh, star of the future, if not the present, keep the pressure off and put him in the eighth spot. But another two-hit game for Starlin Castro. Rare moment in time, and both teams are uh, off today. Now, even if the Cubs were playing home, they'd probably get rained out. But uh, both teams are off today. That doesn't happen too often during the regular season. Sox will be at Kansas City on Friday. Cubs will be home against Pittsburgh. We'll go over some of the uh, other major league games a little bit later in the show. Our MLB 
recap, but uh, there's your Cubs and Sox for you, NHL. we got a big NBA game tonight. You want to talk about uh, the NBA playoffs, we're always right here for you. 888 Utah and the Lakers are waiting. The Orlando Magic is waiting. The two teams still battling. Good drama tonight. LeBron James and Le Cavalier. See, I'm on to the Lake Canadian thing. Lake Cavalier taking on Le Celtic. That doesn't sound good. Lake Cavalier does that. How many French people are in Cleveland? I'm going to guess the the French population in Cleveland not real high. Probably about as high as Gordon Beckham's batting average right now. But it's got a ring to it. Lake Cavalier. If nothing else works, maybe that will. Cavaliers look brutal in their last game. Game is at Boston. Game is at Boston. Pressure's still on Cleveland. Pressure's on LeBron. Probably more so than any game he has played in his career. Wouldn't you say? I would say, I'm trying to think, and he's been in some big games, but I would say tonight, and by the way, having said that, I don't know if anybody else is all LeBron'd out, but I'm LeBron'd out. Every expert, LeBron this and LeBron that. Nobody even mentions his last name anymore. I am thoroughly, completely all LeBron'd out. Thank you very much. Maybe I'm the only one. Doesn't mean I don't like the guys. Great player, but I'm just tired of the whole LeBron talk, but... Having said that, of course, I throw out the fact that uh, I'm going to call him uh, James just because I'm tired of the whole L-E-B-R-O-N. Remind me, Dave, from the end of the show, I'm not going to say L-E-B-R-O-N anymore. I'm all L-E-B'd out. Okay, But I would throw out to you that uh, maybe the NBA's greatest star, this is his biggest game, the most pressure on him in his young career. 888-463-6748. You care to differ? Tonight, game six of Boston. He took a lot of heat. But I think tonight, uh, David Olson, I think, think tonight we find out how he handles the pressure. Exactly. Exactly. And it could also be his last game in a Cavs uniform. That's part of the pressure. In fact, those of us in Chicago here, the Chicago Tribune, uh, rightly or not rightly, unfairly or fairly, full page picture, front of the sports page with L-E-B-R-O-N in a Bulls jersey. You know what? He wears it pretty well, doesn't he? Yeah, but if you read the accompanying article, it yeah. said, yeah, not going to happen. See, I, I, you know what? And, and I'm not based on any facts. I have no inside info. My um, instincts tell me good chance it's going to happen. Well, yeah, we we had like an inside source say it was a done deal. Yeah. So. Our inside source? Somebody's okay. inside source. Because the last three inside sources I had all got uh, arrested for uh, drug trafficking. Oh, there you go. My inside sources are not dependable. I'm just going on my best inside source. My best inside source is my gut and my instinct from being around sports for the last 53 years. And I'm telling you, L-E-B-R-O-N very likely could become a Chicago Bull. That's my inside source coming just left of my intestine right above the pancreatic formulation, if I could get specific. Sorry, uh, David Haw would have to agree. So Yeah. yeah. David Haw is getting a little too big for his britches, too, Chicago. I like the guy. Good writer, but, you know, now that he's been on the radios a little bit, he's personalities change, just as players do. Yeah, and you know I, what? You're right. Yeah. You're right. He needs to uh, get off his high pedestal a little bit and come back and uh, become one of the brethren. Hey, real quick, as long as we got you there, David, we'll take a quick break, talk some more sports here. 888-463-6748. Phone lines open. Dial it up. Friendly conversation with your local coach. Uh, lost. 
coming to conclusion, not this Sunday, but next Sunday. Correct. Let's hope there's no like big playoff. What if there's like a game six for the Blackhawks? Same night as Law. Let's hope that Sunday night they leave open. Because like a two and a half hour loss. I watched finally last week's loss. The one where four people died? Yes. I did see that last night. And by the way, if you tape lost and tape it through the commercials, you can watch it like in 18 minutes. Exactly. Doesn't it seem that way? It's, yeah, it's like only like 40 minutes without the commercials. Am I right, though, that that show has the longest commercial breaks I've ever seen for any show? No, it's not that they're long. It's that they're frequent. So they seem long. I don't know. I, I mean, I agree with the latter. See, I, I, the, I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. I haven't, I haven't watched Lost with commercials. So you in probably like four or five years. So oh, you tape I, it also. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm DVR all the way. Yeah. If you're a busy person, you know, I'm too busy to watch TV. Well, tape it because you cut out all the crap, the trailers and the preview and the commercials, and you can watch it less than forty. Exactly. And yeah, we've got, we've got a. Uh, my wife and I have got a backlog of TV to get us through the majority of the summer. Yeah. I mean, we've got like six episodes of Fringe. We've got, <laughs> you know, like the whole season of Justified. Uh-huh. Tell you what, um, I'll babysit the kids for a week, yeah, and you guys just spend seven yeah, just, days yeah, hunkering down, exactly. you, the wife, and your TV remote control. Exactly. Yeah. That's what you pretty much need to do. But uh, I'm very glad, and I knew four characters had died, and I knew, uh, what was it, Jun Kim? What was her name in the show? Son. Son. Yes. And her husband, Daniel Dejong. Jin. Who? Jin. That's a, that's his name on Jin? the show. Jin. It's that's son it? And, son and Jin. Son and Jin? Yes. Man. Awful light on the letters. Exactly. Two people and only six letters combined? It's a rough way to go. But uh, that was that was pretty sad, the way they had them pass away. But my guy Hurley made it through. I was for worried now. Hurley would sink to the bottom of that submarine. Yeah, for now. Ooh. For now. I, I, I don't think anybody's going to live. Really? Personally, no. Got any Lost fans out there? 888-463-6748. If you're not a Lost fan, you're probably lost. Stick with us. But it's a it's a fascinating show. I've missed like the last three, four episodes. I figure if I watch like one out of every five, I can pretty much stay up with it. Right, well, what's the deal with Locke? We got good Locke and bad Locke. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Kind of sort of like there are two separate timelines going on, and we okay. don't know why. And that, that's going to be like the big mystery to, uh, to solve it. We've got mm-hmm. the one timeline where you've got, quote, unquote, good luck, uh, where in that timeline, they never crashed on the island. Okay. They never crashed on the island. But in the real timeline, Locke is dead. And, like, the evil force of the island has taken over his body or his appearance, at least. All right. More importantly. More importantly, any new uh, love affairs we need to talk about on the, on the island or any any brief tryst behind a palm tree? No, no, because like in this last episode, yes. uh didn't have any of the regular cast members, none. All right. Very disappointing. As it comes to conclusion, we got to get a little, you know, we got to spice it up a little bit in the show loss. We've had a, we had a few early, but of late uh, in that particular category, nothing going on. Yeah, well, no, no, everybody's just dropping like flies now. It's yeah. like death, 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 death. So mm-hmm. then right. in the herd. All right. There's your lost report for the day. David Olson, our producer, coach flying solo today. We will take a quick break, come back, talk sports and more. The two guys at a mic show. Don't go anywhere. Our breaks are short. Back in a minute. Unlike the show lost, by the way.
The lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. Probably should uh, save this, Dave, for uh, Joel when he calls in, but I couldn't resist uh, reading this particular comment from a little uh, book I'm reading on relationships, and it says, uh, What makes men chase women? They have no intention of marrying. It's the same urge that makes dogs chase cars they have no intentions of driving. Makes perfect sense. (laughs) It's very profound, Coach. It's very profound. Slightly humorous and very profound. Yeah. 888-463-6748. Back of the two guys at a mic show. Thanks again for joining us here. Beautiful Thursday. In the fine city of Chicago, big sports weekend coming up. we got the Preakness Horse Race to talk about. The NBA, NHL playoffs uh, continue on. Of course, we'll have some Major League Baseball action as well. By the way, coming up in the not-too-distant future, I don't know how many soccer fans we got out there, but uh, coming up in about a month, 30 days, the World Cup. The World Cup, the most watched sporting event in the world, are we going to have an office pool for the World Cup, Dave? Sort of like March Madness. Yeah, but you might be the only one participating. Oh come so. on! Um, I don't know if we can find how many teams. There's 32 teams. 32 teams. We can find. We got to find 32 people up in the offices around here. I know we don't have 32 people walking a talk zone, working a talk zone, but we can wander the halls and have somebody pick, you know, like Senegal. Yeah, I got Italy. There actually, there actually might be some people from Senegal in the office down the hall. Oh, then I'm not going to let them choose them. That would not be fair. Yeah, this office complex is like the United Nations. I have noticed that. Yeah. I have noticed that. Just riding the elevator up and down, I could get a uh, possibly like a collegiate minor degree in uh, geographical relations. It's good, yeah, though. I like absolutely. it. Absolutely. I like it. Very few people talk to each other. We don't understand each other. But uh, I've mastered the nod, the smile. Very friendly people. Friendly people, United Nations, and uh, very few of them can understand what I'm saying. And our studies have shown, by the way, that people that listen to two guys at a mic, if English is a second language, they enjoy the show more. Yeah, the people that understand English completely, quite frankly, don't happen to like our show that much. But if English is a second language, we're pretty big. We're pretty big. Go figure that out. I'm not sure if that's a compliment or an insult, but we'll take it. 888-463-6748, the phone number, talkzone.com. By the way, uh, I don't know if it's – I think it's become almost a national story having to do with the um, immigration law in Arizona. And, David, I don't know where your political vent falls on that, but you've read about Highland Park High School? I have, it's yeah. It's become somewhat of a national story. Girls basketball team not being allowed to go uh, this winter – to Arizona, they fundraised and made a big deal of it, and because of sensitivity to the immigration laws, or I guess the school district, making a political statement, they're not going to allow the girls' hoops team to go. Yeah, it's definitely a national story because okay. uh, Sarah Palin was at the Rosemont Theater last night yes. spouting out about it. Yes. So, it, yeah, it's where, it's absolutely a national story now. Where do your particular um, thoughts and feelings fall as far as the – Immigration issue as a whole and Arizona's law in particular. I do feel that the immigration problem needs to be addressed uh, and addressed drastically, but this law is not the way to do it. Um, you're, in essence, punishing the victims. And I know I'm painting you know, people that are here illegally as victims, but what you're essentially doing is 
turning the entire Latino population into second-class citizens, even though they might be American citizens. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the way to approach immigration, in my opinion, is you go after the employers first and foremost, and you go after them hard. Okay, first you cut off the jobs, then you cut off the then you cut off the welfare benefits, and then you deal with the people that are already here. Mm-hmm. You do it in that order. Because all this is all this is going to do is drive the problem to another state. That's all it's going to do. So you and me, politically, we are right on the straight line. I mean, everything you said, I completely agree with, and have repeated similar arguments to uh, some of my conservative friends. So as much as we disagree on sports and program production and my lack of technology, we are. If I ever run for political office, David, you will be. If I go gov, you're my lieutenant gov. Oh, I appreciate that, Coach. If you're my senator, if I'm the senator, you're my right-hand guy down at the uh, state senate. Right. I'm bring, I'm telling you right up front right now in front of our thousands and thousands of listeners that uh, wherever I go politically, you're coming with me. Thank not, you. Thank not you. sure now, that's good now, for your now, I will say, though, I mean, my, my views on immigration do lean more to the right than to the left because, mm-hmm. you know, it really bothers me that, you know, the people come over here and they can't be bothered to – speak to learn how to speak english but they know how to apply for public aid mm-hmm. that i really have an issue with yep. but once again you did the, the way they're going about this problem in arizona is mm-hmm. is all wrong and it's backwards yeah. and i'm going to take your uh, anybody wants to chime in if you're uh, new to the two guys in a mic show or if you've listened before you know that we do uh, jump off the sports page uh, on occasion here on the uh, particular show, you want to chime in on this particular issue, and I want to get to the Highland Park thing specifically in just a second, but 888 is our phone number, 888 Feel free to dial it up. You can email us at mike2guysaol.com. David, I'm going to take you one step further. Not just, uh, A, the employers don't hire them or go after the employer, but, B, how about this? How about the employers paying the less skilled jobs, whatever they might be in that particular company, more money. Instead of the instead of battling for minimum wage, oh, we can't raise fifty cents, we can't raise a dollar an hour because it'll go make us bankrupt. You know what? Less money for the people on top, a little bit less. One less vacation out of your five every year. Pay more for the less skilled jobs, those hard working jobs. And then you know what? People in this country We'll take those jobs, and there won't be any jobs for some of the illegal immigrants. Does that make any sense? Oh, it, it makes perfect sense. But, I mean, that's the whole theory of trickle-down econ- economics. But uh, things never trickle down that way, and that's that's part of the issue. Why because, not? Well, because, because you do have that foreign labor that will work cheap. And since they're illegal, they're off the books, so you're not even paying them minimum wage. And until that gets cut off, yeah. a plan like yours can't even be implemented because, you know, once 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 you cut off that supply of cheap labor, then you're going to have to do that minimum wage, you know, well, bump up the minimum wage in order to fill those positions. Why not bump up the minimum wage? And you, how hard is it to go in and uh, you know have investigators who check companies and find out what the workers are getting paid if they're not getting work uh, paid a certain amount, the company gets fined, and they have to reimburse those workers for the proper pay. And take it right out of the boss's salary. I don't, it doesn't seem, again, I'm being incredibly naive and sophomoric as I was in our you're, sports you're, argument you're, earlier. Your conservative friends would uh, you know, call you a socialist with that view. Wait, say that again? I said your conservative friends would you know, call that pure socialism. Because that's, I mean, that's basically what it is. It's not pure socialism. Well, no, no, it's I, called pure humanitarianism. That's what I would call well, it. See, that, yeah, see, 
I, it's, but I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. I do agree with you. However, somebody on the opposite side of the political uh, spectrum uh-huh. would disagree, and that's what they call socialism and redistribution of wealth. Yeah. Well, a little redistribution, not complete redistribution. A little redistribution is a good thing. I, I am to, I am totally right. with you. There it is. I am totally with you. And, uh, as a matter of fact, so is the president, but he's getting demonized for that. Mm-hmm. Right, November's coming up soon, Dave. I don't know if there's any positions still open, but uh, you and me could run. I don't know if it pays as well as this fine job. I don't know if it has the notoriety of this particular job, but I think you and me could be bedfellows in the political world. Maybe uh, go for state comptroller. Maybe run for attorney general or something. we got to work our way up. Yeah, but getting back to the uh, Highland Park situation where the girls' basketball team not allowed to go to Arizona, first of all, well, who made that decision? The, uh, was it, it was the school board? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. First of all, let me preface it by saying it hits home with me because uh, somewhere around 15 years ago, I was the head girls basketball coach at Highland Park High School. I was not aware of that. Okay, so I got a little allegiance to that particular school. Okay. Now, when I was there, uh, we were brutal. We were brutal. We just we I mean we we struggled to win five six games a year. But apparently this year they won their first conference championship in 26 years. So enthusiasm is high. They got a good group of kids coming back. They fundraised. They put a lot of work into it. They're looking forward to this trip. And um, as much as against the Arizona law as I am, as are you, I think it's way way oversensitive on this particular issue. I mean, let them go. Unless there's more to it than we're not reading about in the paper. But I just thought that was um, a clear case of overprotectionism and going overboard in the political correctness from the school board at Highland Park. Don't want to spend a lot of time on that. You got any thoughts on that? And apparently, and David uh, has confirmed that that's become a national story. Good old Highland Park High School girls basketball, which, well, when I was coaching there, we'd, we'd have to do whatever we could to get like one line of publicity in any of the local papers. We were like a blip on the screen. It's what happens when you win five, six games a year. All right, 888-463-6748, the immigration immigration issue, so sensitive, so controversial, of a less controversial sense, but still pretty sensitive. It's a big NBA game tonight. you got the Cleveland Cavalier taking on the Boston Celtic. Game six at Boston, and the Cavaliers are down three to two. They got a win in front of the Boston crowd. It's going to be... Uh, I think one of the fun things about sports, not just the X's and O's of the games, but to watch the human reaction, to watch how uh, guys perform under pressure, the drama, some of the emotion that plays into the game. And clearly tonight, and it's not just L-E-B-R-O-N. And by the way, if you're joining us, I am so, uh, well, I'll say his name just because we said it earlier. I'm so LeBroned out. From all the discussion, LeBron this and LeBron that and LeBron that. I'm all LeBron out. So for the rest of the show, we are just uh, calling him L-E-B-R-O-N. Just so we don't have to use the other expression that I've almost gotten nauseated from. Again, nothing against the player. I got nothing against L-E-B-R-O-N. But I'm just talking about the use of his first name in the analysis, the over-analysis, and the analysis. We got a little bit of all three of those in the last couple of days. But uh, and not just L-E-B-R-O-N. But the rest of the Cavaliers team, how does Shaquille O'Neal react to it? Is L.E.B. going to try to take over the game himself? The complimentary players, Maurice Williams, Delonte West, Antonio McDice, 
I mean, some of those guys, how are they going to react to that? How are they going to play? They're going to be feeling the pressure as well as L-E-B-R-O-N. And I think on the other end, the Boston Celtics, who have a chance to wrap it up and take on Orlando, I still think even though they're up 3-2, you might think the pressure's on them. I don't think so. I think you can see the Celtics play free and easy. The Celtics aren't going to blow the game. The uh, only way the Cavaliers win is if they go and get it. Not sure what their mentality is going to be. Mike Brown, coach of the uh, Le Cavalier, in honor of the Montreal Canadian victory yesterday at Le Canadien. We're calling every team we can with the LES in front of it. By the way, when uh, Joel got excited, he I had to explain to Joel that it was not LES Canadian, Le Canadians. It's not. He thought it was... L.A.Y. Canadians. Got a little mixed up. He almost got in trouble with that, but I had to explain that to him. Not quite It's amazing how a couple of letters can make a little bit of a difference. But, no, I think Cleveland's going to win tonight. They're going to have to go get it. They are going to have to go in attack mode right from the beginning. Take all that pressure, throw it out the window. Mike Brown, head coach, who occasionally will listen to this two guys in a mic show. If you're listening now, call me off air. i got a couple of pep talk speeches you can give. Whatever your best motivational speech is, you got to give it tonight. And don't play second fiddle to L.E. Barrowin. I get the feeling in those timeouts that Mike Brown, you could read the eyes, the body language a little, but he's always on edge. He's not quite in charge of the team. you got to take charge, Mike Brown. L.E. Barrowin is 25, 26 years old. He's your best player. You're the coach. You're the coach. Don't worry about any strategic decisions with L.E.B. Make the decisions yourself. Fire up the team tonight. Give them that motivational speech. The Boston Celtics are not going to collapse. Biggest pressure game for L.E.B. Arrowen in his young career, in his uh, soon-to-be Hall of Fame career. Will he perform tonight? Mike Brown, you got to fire up the troops. you got to get a rabid dog mentality right from the get-go. It'll be fun to watch. Got to be fun to watch. Again, not just from the X and O standpoint, but from the uh, human drama standpoint. It's almost like a sports soap opera. That's one of the things I like so much. And, and soap opera is almost cheapening a little bit. But uh, it's one of the things that has always drawn me into sports, uh, you know, hooking me as a five, six, seven-year-old kid is the, the raw emotion of the game of sports. I mean, you think about it. Where else? And we're going to head to a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk some baseball. 888-463-6748. Phone lines are open. But... You think about it, where else in life? What other areas of life do you get the emotional highs and the emotional lows that you get in sports? Business? Not quite. You get some. But I don't think it's to the level that you get in sport where you see grown men jumping over each other, high-fiving each other, celebrating. Guys from completely different backgrounds. Could be a white guy from the inner city. A poor white guy from the inner city and maybe a, uh, you know, African American guy who grew up wealthy in the suburbs. Let's just reverse the, the mode for a little bit. The point I'm trying to make is people from completely different backgrounds, but in sports, where else but sport, can they celebrate together? Can they have a sweaty embrace in celebration of a big victory? I still remember Magic Johnson in Vlade Divac. You remember Vlade Divac? Six foot ten from, uh, Croatia? Yugoslavia? Okay? Now you think about the background of Magic Johnson. And you think about the background of Vladi Divax. Personality-wise, background-wise, everything about as far apart as you can. But I still remember some of those Laker championships when they had it clinched. And the embrace, the loving embrace of a Magic Johnson and a Vlade Divac. Where else? Where else but sports? Can you get two people of different backgrounds like that to celebrate in such an emotional way? It's why I love sports. It's why I love doing the show. We'll take a quick break. Phone lines are open. 888 888- 
463-6748 during the break. I might give our producer David Olson a big sweaty embrace just to remember the good old days of Lotte Divex. But I wear deodorant. Back in a minute. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888-GO-FOR-IT once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com joel just uh, emailed me he wanted to clarify he said uh, he read in the paper to celebrate Le canadian the big hockey when he thought it was celebrate Lay canadians it's an easy mistake well, we're dedicated to accuracy on this show, Coach. Yes, on occasion. And, and in the spirit of that, um, Vlade Divac yes. was never on, he wasn't on any of the Lakers championship teams. Oh, yes, he was. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. He came in after well, Who am that. I thinking of? I, I'm telling you, Magic Johnson. He was on, he was on, he went to the finals with the Lakers when they lost to the Bulls, but he came in in uh, 1989 mm-hmm. after those championships. Uh, well, I, I still maybe was the, to win their Western Conference championship. Could be, yeah. Could be. And the, you know, and obviously there's a hundred of those mm-hmm. kind of examples that I gave. Mm-hmm. But I, I always remember that that particular moment was kind of symbolic of me of guys from different backgrounds that sports mm-hmm. can bring them together. Vlade Divac and Magic Johnson just hugging the heck out of each other. It's yeah. a beautiful thing. Yeah, no, he was a very, very, very popular player for the Lakers. Yeah, traded for Kobe Bryant too. Yeah, and I think Pat Riley tried to squeeze in the middle of that hug, but he couldn't get in. Yeah, yeah. By the way, speaking of the immigration issue, both my uh, grandparents came over from Russia, and you know, and I told Joel this, and I would tell David you the same thing. The name Cohn is derived from Kohanes in Russia. Kohanes, Kohanes were royalty in Russia. Now I've told Joel, and I will tell you the same thing. I don't want any. Special treatment. I want you to think of me just as another person, not as royalty, but uh, Cones, short for Cohen and royalty. I'm sure you won't have any problem treating me as just another person, will you? Yeah, I'm all over that, Coach. <laughs> Joel seemed to have, seemed to have that same uh, reaction. All right. Welcome back. TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic. Coach flying solo. Today the phone lines are open if you want to join us. Uh, talk some baseball here in a minute. Triple eight. 
four eight. We got the Preakness coming up this weekend too. If we got any horse race fans out there, Calvin Burrell. Riding Super Saver, they're going to go for the Triple Crown. Man, we haven't had a Triple Crown winner in a long time. Long time. See if Super Saver can come home and uh, win the Preakness. I think there's something like 12 or 13 horses, not the not the 20 that there was at the Kentucky Derby, but uh, always fun to watch. Always fun to watch and see if Super Saver can win. And then uh, in the TV, I'm sure TV uh, people, especially the station that's televising the Belmont, Forget if that's NBC or ABC. I think they do all the horse races, but they'll be rooting for Super Saver because he wins that second horse. Ratings go way up, way up for the Belmont to see if we can get the first Triple Crown winner. I think it's been somewhere around 30 years. 135th running of the Preakness, by the way. Was not around for most of those, but um, great Preakness memories. Great memories on the baseball field as well. Yesterday we talked earlier in the show for our Chicago teams, a one thumb up, one thumb down. Cubs break the losing streak, beat Florida four to three. Nice victory for the Cubby, six and a third for Carlos Silva. He comes up with a big win. He's now four and zero on the season. Cubs are off today. They take on Pittsburgh this weekend at home, and everybody thinking, "Oh, good, Pirates are coming into town." Cubs are struggling against Pittsburgh, not just this year, but in previous years. They've had a little bit of a hard time. Now, there was, they did have a winning streak for a while against the Pirates. So i got to go back. Joel might correct me much as you did with my Magic Johnson, uh, Vlade Divac, uh, sweaty embrace. So I might retrace myself. But we do know Pittsburgh just got through about a week ago sweeping the Chicago Cubs. So despite the fact that the Pirates are uh, at times somewhat of a baseball joke, not from me, because I root for all those low-level financial team. But the bottom line is Pirates are coming in at home at Wrigley, taking on the Cubs, and it's going to be a tough matchup because the Cubs this year, anyways, struggling with Pittsburgh. Let's see if they can get it done. Day off today. Good day off, or a good day to pick for a day off because it is pouring rain. They probably get the field ready. Those maintenance guys are pretty good. The grounds can take a lot if the rain stopped tonight, but it would be far from ideal playing conditions if they played. So, again, good day for a day off. Uncle Lou will... Be able to get to bed like at 7, 7.30 tonight, get some rest, and get ready for some more of those uh, night games at Wrigley Field. White Sox, tough loss for them, 3-2 to two against Minnesota. Chicago baseball fans, you want to check in, 888-463-6748. The phone number, John Danks, very, very good. But the hitting was not. They lose 3-2. to two. Juan Pierre had a couple of hits. He did his job, but they just couldn't get the big hit when they counted. So the Sox, um, a mini split. In their two-game series, mini split. They're off today. Also, they'll take on Kansas City at Kansas City. we got to check in with um, ex-co-host Mark Carmen did. Put that down for tomorrow. I'll make a note to myself. Mark, now the pre and post. He sat in his chair right over here for all the webcast fans. Good-looking guy. By the way, still single, very eligible. Very popular with the uh, Chicago single women of the world. You go on his Facebook page, and there were a lot of uh, a lot of females disappointed that Mark Carmen was leaving the city of Chicago. His failures in the radio TV business did not equal up to his failures with the young ladies of the city of Chicago. Now, Carmen will downplay that, but I think he did pretty good. But, yeah, he's doing pre and post for KC, so we'll do a little uh, we'll do a little Sox Kansas City trash talk. See if we can do that tomorrow. I still remember Mark. Uh, <laughs> was he, he was a vendor for the White Sox. I think I can safely say this. I know he used to get in trouble for it, but he would he would report on the game, but he'd be a vendor during the games to make extra bucks. It was unbelievable. And I still remember watching 
the NBC uh, Sports, I think it was at the 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, just casually watching it. And Mark Greco, who's a very, very good sports uh, broadcaster, sports analyst, a sports anchor, I guess you would say, for NBC, he does a little funny at the end of every show. So Greco was at the end of his very, well, he's never very serious, but at the end of his uh, regular sports report, he does a little funny, and he says, hey, take a look at this, folks. And they picture all, they pan White Sox Park all the way up to the top row, and there's a vendor with his feet up on top of the seats, Sleeping. Nobody around. Must have been like two hours before game time. Nobody even in the stadium. So I'm kind of casually laughing at it. Yeah, it's pretty humorous. Then I'm looking at the screen. I go, wait a minute. That's Carmen. Mark, they got you on screen. Sure enough, (laughs) his 15 minutes of fame as a vendor. Fast asleep in the top row of White Sox Park two hours before game time. It was a beautiful thing. Now he's a big shooter in Kansas City. We'll see if we can get him on tomorrow. Sox take on KC. Over the weekend, other baseball yesterday. And again, no real dramatic stuff happened in baseball yesterday. Texas uh, knocked off Oakland 10-1. to They're going pretty good. Five homers. Five homers in the game for the Texas Rangers. Not bad little hitting explosion. They knock off the A's 10-1. to Tampa Bay keeps the good times rolling. They beat Anaheim. The Angels struggling 4-3. to Big win for Tampa Bay. Detroit Tigers and the New York Yankees in a doubleheader. Not sure, but probably a rain delay the day before. I don't think that was a scheduled doubleheader. In fact, I don't even think they schedule doubleheaders anymore. But the Tigers won game one. Rick Porcella getting the win, 2 to nothing. Brilliant pitching performance. And he got bullpen help from my new guy. He's my new favorite non-Chicago Cub, non-Chicago White Sox, Jose Valverde. Getting it done out of the bullpen. He's, uh, if not one of the top closers in baseball right now, he's one of the hottest. So what I like about Jose is he comes in and actually strikes out batters, and he gets people out, and he saves game, and he does it without, like, walking a batter and giving up two hits. We talked about that a little bit yesterday. So it seems like we all know the last couple of years harder and harder to find a guy that can come in and get three outs in the ninth inning. Can't be that hard. I guess it is. But it doesn't seem like it should be that hard. And even the guys that do it can't do it without all the drama. A couple of walks and a hit. Give up a couple of hits, load the bases, and then get a strikeout. Whatever happened to the closers who would come in and make things easy? I know it's not that easy, but you can do it. Maybe 30% of the time. Right now it seems like 5% of the time. My guy Jose Valverde is getting that done. I think he walked one batter last night. But boom, come in. Bruce Souter style. Dennis Eckersley style. Lee Smith for a brief moment in time. Trevor Hoffman. The dominating closers. Come in. One, two, three. Boom, boom, boom. Shake hands, go home. Make it easy on the fans. Jose Valverde getting it done. Uh, Game two of the doubleheader. New York Yankees. Uh, shut out the Tigers. So we had a pair of shutouts, one by the Tiger, one by the Yankee. Game two, the Yankees went 8 nothing. Phil Hughes getting the shutout. He's become a quietly pretty solid pitcher for the Yanks. Toronto and Boston played. Travis Snyder got all three RBIs as Toronto beat the Red Sox 3-2 to two action in MLB baseball yesterday. So that's your uh, baseball report. We talked earlier in the show, too, about uh, the hockey games yesterday. A couple of big ones with Montreal knocking off. The uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, final game at the Mellon Center, or as uh, David Olson, our fine producer, found out it is called the Igloo, which true hockey fans would know. I'm not a true hockey fan yet, but I'm working my way there. 49 years of the Igloo. They closed it down yesterday. In defeat, tough loss for Sidney Crosby. 
Malk and the rest of the crew, but uh, Montreal was up to their game, their second consecutive dramatic Game 7 victory, and that goalie, clearly, clearly, if you're talking about the uh, star of the NHL playoffs right now and the star of yesterday's athletic world, it was Jaroslav Halak. And I'm probably butchering his last name, but I'm not butchering the fact that he was unbelievable in goal against Pittsburgh. And sometimes you see shots on goal. And even they could be misleading. You know, you get 33 shots on goal, you get 28 shots on goal. There's shots on goal, and then there's shots on goal. There's really good chances, and there's the token chances. There's the easy saves, and there's the really difficult saves. Of those 31 or 32 shots, oh my God, Jaroslav Halak who I almost like as much as Jose Valverde. Maybe Jose Valverde could be in goal for the Montreal Canadian next game. Who knows? Stranger things have happened. Not really. But maybe um, maybe they could keep a stat. But, but the, the bottom line is last night, of those 32 shots, there must have been 20 of them that were tough saves. I mean, really good shots, point blank. He was making some really, really difficult saves. The quality of his save, the QOS, if you will. Maybe they could keep a stat for that. They probably do in hockey. But uh, it was not a token 32 saves. The defense was okay for Montreal. It wasn't that great. The goaltender was great. And I alluded to it earlier, too. The Pittsburgh Penguins' uh, aim, for lack of a more professional word, their aim on their goals, not very good. There were a bunch of times they could have gone upper left, upper right, put it in the corner of the shelf, and go home with a win. And they could not lift that puck off the ice. So Penguins go down to defeat. Montreal moves on. And uh, the other game, Philadelphia knocked off Boston. That was good stuff, 2-1. to one. The other interesting story there we didn't bring up when we talked about this game earlier on, apparently, uh, Brian Boucher, the goalie for the Boston Bruins, injured. Injured. Or, I'm sorry, the goalie for the Philadelphia Flyers, the team that won the game. He was injured. They had to bring Michael Layton back in goal. Now, Michael Layton's played some big games before, but he hasn't. I think they said he hadn't started the game in like two months. So here it is, game six at Philadelphia, an elimination game. You haven't started in goal, and I know you can practice and try to simulate. You haven't been in goal for two months, not two weeks, folks, two months. Michael Layton has to step in, and I didn't see this game. I don't know the QOS, the quality of the shots, but based on the fact that they won 2-1, to one, he actually had a shutout. Until one minute left in the game. What a job by Michael Layton off the bench. Two months of not starting. He comes in and he gets the Philadelphia Flyers a big win. It'll be interesting to see if Brian uh, Boucher is healthy for Game 7. Do they go with the hot hand, Michael Layton, or do they go back to the guy that got them there, Brian Boucher? I would think if Boucher is healthy, that would be the guy they go with. But a good drama there. Game Seven is going to be tomorrow night. So the NHL, NBA playoffs continue. We all say that. Boy, they take way too long, and they do. Too much time in between games, and there are. But despite all that, still pretty good stuff. It's still great quality of play. It's still great drama. It's still fun to watch and fun to talk about, and that's what we do. Here are the two guys at a mic show on TalkZone.com every weekday from 10 until 11. we got to wrap it up for today's show. Big Dog will be back in the house tomorrow. We'll uh, preview the weekend in sports. I will give you the winner of the Preakness tomorrow, Dave. Now, the fact that my horse in the Kentucky Derby, I think, took 21st out of 20 should not discourage the listeners from checking in tomorrow as I give them the winner of the Preakness. Might be a favorite, might be underdog. you got to tune in. How's that for a tease? Pretty weak, actually. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day. David Olson, our producer, tremendous job. We'll see you tomorrow, 10 o'clock. Don't be late.